your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nesh on Live 95. Now it's time for our Friday morning coffee break as we ease into the weekend and it is a pleasure to welcome Nikki Wolf of Wolf Event Management, Kelly Wallace of Kelly Skin Solutions and Hannah Quinn Mulligan, farming journalist and farmer and you're all very welcome and listen, we're not going to apologise for starting here. For Kilkenny, Tullam Lines will give you a fortnight in a dear manner if you blow this one up right now. Limerick are on the brink of winning that three in a row for the very first time. It's a Kilkenny line ball. Here's the sideline cut. It's taken. It's all one of the great, one of the greatest swims of all time. Limerick. Oh, we've beaten everybody. We've beaten everybody for the last few years. It's a win for Limerick. The three in a row has been completed by John Kiley's remarkable, remarkable bunch of hurlers here at Cork Park in front of a full house. This is the greatest day of all. Right, there's uh, Mal Keevney providing commentary for us, of course, live on uh, Sunday. Um, Hannah, did you catch the game, as they say? Did we ever? We were all huddled around the TV. I think we couldn't have got any closer unless we were actually at the match. And it was, it's just incredible. It's not just the team and what they've done. I think it's the sense of atmosphere they've created and the buzz around Limerick. And my grandmother was with me and she was just so proud. She was so proud of the team, so proud of Limerick. She had a father on the Limerick team in the 1920s. And I think we forget how long we've waited for something like this. So, yeah, it was, it was phenomenal. It That's was a, a lovely generational connection. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, we have a picture of him downstairs on the wall. But, like, back in those days, I mean, they'd be milking cows by hand in the morning. And then if they had time going to training and they'd be bringing a bottle of milk with them in a glass bottle to training. You know, that was training back in the day. I think what kind of ever took everyone's breath away was the sheer fitness of the team. I mean, if you look at the last, what was it, six minutes of the game, I don't know where they found that extra gear. It was just incredible. You know, hurling in in general, it's come an awful long way in the last hundred years. It's a great point because the heat in Croke Park, I mean, you know, people who were in the stands were finding it extremely warm, not to mention, I know they're very fit athletes on both sides, but at the same time. Yeah, that glass bottle of milk would have turned sour very quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, the special um, energizer drinks and all that that they have. uh, They have now. um, uh, Nikki, what did it mean to you? Well, it was phenomenal, Joe. I mean, I I was lucky enough to be one of the people at the match. Uh, It was an extraordinary event and... uh, Limerick hurlers have proved that they're the one of, not alone are they one of the greatest teams that's ever come out of this county. They, they're the one of the fittest I've ever seen. Uh, the intensity of the game was immense um, as they uh, played in that enormous heat. I mean, in the bowl itself, I mean, in the stadium, as you mentioned, it was incredibly hot. But down on the pitch, there wasn't a puff of wind. Um, but it was a sensational victory. And uh, I, I, I was lucky enough to be at the 1973 final. And that that was a great Limerick team. But uh, and I spoke to Pat Hartigan last week uh, before the match. Uh, the, the, the level of fitness now is just extraordinary. It's it's gone into a stratosphere of its own. It was an extraordinary event, Joe. And I, what amazed me about it was that when you when I took my seat in the stand uh, in the Hogan Lower, it was the enormity of the green around the stadium. It seemed like everyone from Limerick was at the match. It was absolutely extraordinary. I mean, it's it's amazing, isn't it? If you, I mean, if you, if you catch a hurley and you put a slitter on it and you try yeah. and walk from one end of your garden to the other without yeah. guys coming at you from every angle 
and at 100 kilometers an hour, you, yes. you, you realize that it's not that easy to do. But these guys, and on both teams, are mm-hmm. doing it at such pace, with such intensity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's undoubtedly true. I mean, but I, I think there's a, there's, there's a huge le- uh, 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 level of fitness around the team now. And that, I, I, may, I happened to read a program on the way back from the match. And the training sessions that Paul Knurk is doing, um, I, I, uh, Tom Morrissey mentioned, you be on your feet after every session, uh, down your hands and knees. I mean, it is the intensity in the sessions, not to, not to mind the games. And these guys are so strong and fit now. It's, it's extraordinary to watch. It really is. And it was uh, the level of uh, uh, class from both sides was uh, phenomenal. And the uh, level of skill, the skill levels at this stage in hurling are immense. They really are. Yeah. What about you, Kelly? Um, I actually watched it in Clare, surrounded by Clare people. Oh. So, yeah. And were they delighted for us? I'd say they were. They were over the moon. And I think, like, even to see how the atmosphere and the camaraderie, like, you know, it just gives such a boost to everybody. Even, like, we were in Tanlara and two neighbouring counties watching it, and it's just such a feel-good factor. But what I find, like, just amazing is that all these athletes are training to such a high level you know they've diets that they're sticking to for performance reasons and then they're all holding down jobs you see some of the men going on with their kids and you're like my gosh you know being on that team is nearly a job in itself like they're professional athletes but yet they have all they're able to hold down jobs and everything else as well and tried struggle to get the walk in once a day and these lads are doing it all so just amazing, isn't it? And, and I presume all that fitness and training and um, mm. diet and nutrition must be good for their skin as well, Kelly. It would be, actually. And would you believe a couple of the lads on the team actually come in to me? And Don't name winter, names now. Don't get us in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> but when they come in in the winter, like, they're out in all weather. Like, they're out when the weather's really harsh and, you know, it's abrasive on their skin. But, no, their diets are impeccable and it does obviously showing their skin, yeah, yeah. And I'm sure their water intake will be fantastic as well. And what are your recommendations you know, in this very warm weather or, you know, may come back again? We certainly had it for the last week. Yeah, so look, hopefully it comes back. Uh, plenty of SPF, protect your skin, slows down aging, really good to prevent skin cancer as well. Make sure you're drinking loads of water to keep the skin hydrated. If you're using active products like retinol, um, your glycolics and salicylic, Pull them back, peel back your routine in the warm weather, go back to basics so you can get out there and enjoy the sun. I think there's this notion that um, with skincare we want everyone to hide from the sun. But no, get out and enjoy it. Just peel back any actives in your routine, put on your SPF, drink plenty of water and get out and enjoy it. Do you know, and, we don't and, get and enough what, of it. Uh, what protection? What level? So SPF 50 all the time. Yeah, That's so it is 50, is it? Yeah. It is 50, yeah, especially in this lovely warm weather. You apply it about 15, 20 minutes before you leave the house. Then if you're out sunbathing or if you're blowing Kilki or at the beach, tap it up again after two hours just because we are perspiring and sweating it off. And, you know, as the day goes on, you do need to top it up. Yeah. I mean, Hannah, would you be an SPF 50 woman out on the farm now? I am religiously, actually, yeah. And my my grandmother, again, she had a touch of um, skin cancer on her face a few years back. It wasn't too serious. I think we got it kind of lasered over something like that. But it made us all very conscious of it. Um, so, yeah, hats and SPF 50. And even I think we have like a bottle of SPF 50 in the tractor cab at this stage. We're religious about it. Fair play, T. That's good, yeah. Uh, Wolf, you're a desperate sun worshipper. You always have been, aren't you? <laughs> 
Well, I like the sun, but I, I, I'm conscious about putting on factors as well. Uh, I'm not that, that mad that I would go out in, in a very hot heat without a, a high factor on, uh, even though my skin can take the sun. But it's, it's, I mean, you have to be uh, aware that it does, the sun does burn you. And then it, you have to be conscious about winding your skin and all that sort of stuff. So I am aware of that. And uh, even though I like the sun, Joseph. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Right. uh, Stay with us, the three of you. We'll chat some more uh, after this break. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. So we are in the middle of our Friday morning coffee break uh, with Nikki Wolf of Wolf Event Management, Kelly Wallace of Kelly Skin Solutions and Hannah Quinn Mulligan, who's a farmer and farming journalist and uh, Tom in Newcastle West. Tom, I would have thought it was difficult uh, to um, displease you this week with everything that's gone on, but you're not happy with me. You're pushing the human-driven climate change guff, Joe, never mind five ice ages and a Cretaceous period with high CO2 and 5 to 10 degrees Celsius above today, we have as much influence as a flea has on a dog on Earth's climate, but let's kill some cows and build more data centres, says Tom. Uh, Who will I go to there? Asher, I'll go to you, Hannah. Of course. Thanks for that. Yeah. (laughs) Hospital pass there, Hannah. There you go. (laughs) Um, There's always been climate change, you know, and and no no one's denying that. But I think what we have seen in the last 50 years is that it's been accelerated. And I think we've probably scientifically proven that it's been accelerated because of the impact that that we've had. And I think a lot of the narrative, especially for people living in rural Ireland, um, whether you're dependent directly on farming or in a surrounding area around the farm, the narratives have been really unhelpful. Um, You know, and I just think... you know, it's, I'm not interested in sticking my head in the sand and I I'm, want to pull, hold my hands up and say, you know, yeah, agriculture is obviously part of the problem, particularly if we look at kind of chemical um, fertilizer and other things. But, you know, like I'm doing things here where, you know, out of my own pocket, I paid for solar panels to go up on the farm. And I, I had the reason I didn't get any form of agricultural grant for them, even though there's one there is because I couldn't uh, use solar panels on the house and the farm. You can't use it for domestic and agriculture. You could only use it for agriculture. And you can say, well, that's fair enough. But in the middle of a climate crisis, an emergency, uh, an energy crisis, wouldn't it make a lot of sense if we um, copied you know, Denmark or France where there's solar panels on all the shed roofs? If I was in England, for example, and I had solar panels up, any excess electricity that I generated would be sold back to the grid. So I'd be making kind of right. second but, but, income from but it. But have they not agreed finally to do that here? Yeah, but how long? Like, I mean, and we have a Green Party in a three-way co- coalition, and the, this is their raison d'etre, isn't it? Like, shouldn't that have been in place? Shouldn't we be ahead of the curve? Like, the thing that disappoints me about the whole farming around, uh, narrative about this is that we're so reactive. Why are we proactive? Why aren't we actually leading the charge on this? Like, we don't have any biomethane gener- digesters or generators. We're rubbish on solar panels. There's so many things we could be doing that we haven't been doing. And now it feels like the farming community is under attack when actually we should have been ahead of right. this. We, right. we always had the capability to be ahead of it. Yeah. And Nikki? 
Yeah, well, I mean, I, I just read during the week that the, the leader of the Green Party, Eamon Ryan, has said that he, he wants uh, somewhere between 22% and 30% of emissions cut uh, from, you know, set out last year, that he wants that, to achieve that this year. I just think it's it's probably um, not going to happen, Joe. It's just, even though we have to try reduce emissions and, and, and he's looking at the farming sector, I know he's in discussions with the agricultural manager at, at the moment, um, to try to strike a deal. But I, I think it's a, a little bit unfair on one sector being singled out when other sectors have to make um, uh, sort of efforts as well, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Kelly? Um, I suppose in our in my industry, um, everything is disposable, you know, for hygiene reasons. Um, I've definitely become a lot more conscious of it. Like, we're now using eco-friendly cloths that are combustible. I, I agree that like it's just kind of focused on the farmers. I don't feel that um, that all sectors are kind of you know being pushed to look at what they can do. I feel like it is the farmers seem to be an easy scapegoat for this and point the finger at them. I think we need more education on it from the basic people, like what we can all do in our personal lives day to day. But I do think they need to start looking at all sectors and what we can all do. Because it's going to be everybody together to to try and make the the differences that they want, because it just seems to be a huge gap on where we need to be and where we are at the moment, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, listen. Thank you very much, the three of you, Kelly Wallace from Kelly Skin Solutions, Nikki Wolf of Wolf Event Management, and Hannah Quinn Mulligan, farming journalist and farmer herself in uh, Limerick, for joining us this morning. Your views, your news, your Limerick today.